Putin, Zelensky, Biden, NATO, and Eastern Europe at war. You are listening to continuing coverage of war in Ukraine on The John DePietro Show. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI. Listen live online at DePietro.com. Let's go live now to the border of Ukraine and John DePietro. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website dipetro.com as you know it's thursday i want to thank everyone's been so supportive we continue our coverage of the russian ukrainian war as i've been stating i'm right at if you look on a map at uh, medica which is right that is the um, border crossing it's been the biggest uh, busiest border crossing of and it's a footpath of people walking leaving ukraine to get into medica poland and then um as i've been telling people i am based out of Schemmel, which is we are uh where i'm staying is 10 miles from the border and then that train station is the busiest train station poland is a nato country poland uh the rhetoric is definitely uh, definitely ratcheting up between poland and and, uh, and russia and russia keeps condemning poland now a nato nation for for basically just uh for you know trying to help ukraine and they're also as i've you know talked about in um and demonstrated is is just the amount of the weapons that are finding their way to ukraine are in fact going through poland there was a big story in the new york times yesterday about where i first started started off Yezov, which is uh, or i would pronounce it Rezov. it depends but that's where the main airport is um it's 40 miles from the border there's also the military u.s military bases there folks as i've been saying the 82nd airborne has a much larger presence and now nato they're they're taking their troops and placing them in different strategic positions they're not just keeping them where they were I, if there's military people listing right now and folks before i forget i want to mention this portion of the program is brought to you by ron's pastry gourmet hey stop in everything remember big fresh their hours are tuesday through saturday it's ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence everything uh delicious calzones sausage and pepper the, the most delicious donuts and free coffee for police and military you're gonna love it support them at ron's pastry gourmet what i mentioned was they seem to be realigning the uh the where the troops are where the troops are the nato troops in, in europe and and seemingly it does make sense now they're some of this this story of the defense secretary lloyd austin general mark milley i'm not a fan of him have repeatedly tried to call their counterparts over the last month top russian military leaders are declining calls from the u.s i mean that that obviously is not a good sign and and that is something that's on them that's that's what they're supposed to do um that that is a failure make no mistake about it that is a failure from the biden administration that at all times they should be having uh, communication with the Russians. So nothing, make no mistake about it, nothing positive about a development like that. 
But as I mentioned, the 82nd Airborne is here, and apparently now it's being reported that the NATO troops are definitely kind of, uh, they're realizing, okay, you can't just have everyone in Germany. And so it is time to, this, this has to be contained. This has to be contained. Something very strong has to come out of these meetings between, with, in fact, President Biden now over here and then his meetings with, with NATO. But things definitely, uh, it is time to get back to war footing. And for a long time, we, we did, in fact, uh, the United States and our allies did enjoy peace for a period of time. But that has obviously come to an end, regardless of um, how, if you're listening right now, and regardless of of uh, your your position, I, I think, I mean, I know some, some people really want to um, take issue with you, the, the country of Ukraine. But one thing I, I think most reasonably people can agree on is this aggression bombing war that Putin has started, escalated, he's the architect of it. It, it, needs to, it needs to be contained. This cannot spread to other regions. And apparently now it's being reported 40,000 troops are now currently deployed. NATO command, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria. That's a twofold increase since Russian troops entered Ukraine on February 24th. So without question, now they may try to paint this as NATO aggression, and, and it's it's false. There's so much false information. One good development, I think, is more and more people are starting to see through some of the propaganda, and some of the people that have been spreading it are starting to back down a little bit. And we've gone through some of the names. There's a good story. A lot of the people that initially have said things, if you watch it, they're starting to backpedal. They want to talk about other things. They don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about the Supreme Court nominee. They want to talk, still talk about masks. They want to talk about anything other than having to rectify. But one thing I'll say about that, if your words and clips from your audio or video, if that's being used and played on Russian television, I, I mean, I think that speaks volumes for itself. People can do all kinds of denials, but they are the enemy. And if they're using your clips, your own words, on state TV, on Russia propaganda, state-controlled uh, television, that that is something, I, I don't know how you, you know, there's no way to spin out of that one. All right, a lot more ahead, folks. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. As always, visit our website, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. They have all your March Madness, uh, big screen TVs, and then great crowd. And then karaoke, Saturday and Friday night and Saturday night starting at 8.30. End Zone Sports Pub. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Folks, you're listening to the John Days. We start at 11. We go until 2. Same 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. I may be in Eastern Europe, but joining us right now, he is uh, our legal analyst, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It's our friend, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I'd like to start off. It was um, last summer we had the high-profile case of the Pawtucket police officer, Dolan, who was on his way home, apparently. Uh, he believed he saw some, according to him, criminal wrongdoing. But anyhow, he ended up shooting a young teen that had just exited off of uh, 95 South and was going to get a pizza 
And, uh, and this is significant that he was, in fact, uh, has found himself again at the center of attention on the, the wrong side of the law. Yeah, it's a um, pretty disturbing case, John. And I know your listeners will recall that uh, this Pawtucket cop found himself in, I think, North Kingston. A um, motorist gives chase, although he's off duty, why he's giving chase out of his jurisdiction at night. Uh, I guess he has yet to answer. Um, he tries to box the car in. He gets it like in a parking lot. Uh, there's three kids in the car, teenagers. They're like, what the heck is this? They take off. Uh, he takes off after them and ultimately shoots um, and hits one of the kids in the vehicle. Um, he's got a the driver. Pro- the yeah. driver. He's got a, and this cop has a pre- pretextual argument, which doesn't make any sense that he thought that this vehicle might have been in the commission of a crime. He can't say what the crime is, can't say where they were coming from, where they were going to, who they were fleeing from. I think the guy appears, I'm not saying it's true, but it appears that he might have just a little bit of an anger management problem. So he's bailed on that case. He's currently suspended, I think, without pay. And now... He gets into a situation at his home with his, I guess, wife and teenage son where he, I think, throws the kid out of the house physically and then takes some sort of a toy from the yard. And as mother and son are leaving to get away from this guy, he throws a toy of some sort. I think it was a toy truck, smashes the window of the car with with the... uh, He throws this um, toy and the cops are called. So he's charged with a domestic disorderly and domestic destruction of property. Now, John, he's on bail Mm. for this felony. Shooting this kid Mm. uh, is a felony. So he's on bail for that. And when you're on bail, if you commit a new crime, typically... You can be held for up to 10 days, and it's typically more, at the intake service center because you're a bail violator. Because by being arrested, you've demonstrated that you can't keep the peace and be of good behavior. Normally, if you want to avoid jail, you would have to admit the conduct which is alleged, that you admit that you committed this domestic disorderly and domestic destruction. He's got a good lawyer because he was able to get bail on the new charge on, on, the, on the, the superior court violation. I think the judge reset bail with a $3,000 surety, meaning he has to come up with 300 bucks and he's back out on the street. And on the new district court charge, the judge set bail at 1000 with surety, which means he posts 100 bucks and he walks. So for 400 mm. bucks... He's back on the street, and I would venture to guess that were he not a cop, um, were he some guy from a um, not as um, a different background, let's say, he'd probably sure. be at the ACI right now. Yeah. So his lawyer did a good job. The guy clearly has what appear to be um, some anger, serious anger management issues. Um, but it's surprising that he remains on the street because he could have well been held at the intake service center for not less than 10 days pending a bail violation hearing. So his uh, lawyer um, did this guy as a client very well, Um, but it's disturbing that, you know, a a guy in this situation um, somehow became a cop with what appear to be clear anger management or other psychological issues. I'm not accusing him, but looking from the outside in, it looks like this guy's got some disturbing character traits. Uh, Tim Dodd, looking ahead to, now we we don't know if there's going to be a trial, what have you, but is this the type of thing that his defense attorney would try to get uh, you know, removed and not be admit, 
admitted into court. Is this where the, the battle almost moves, so to speak? Well, the um, the district court trial would move on a much quicker track because it's not a jury trial. So he could conceivably go to trial on the district court uh, domestic charges within the next two or three months, reasonably. Oh. Okay. Um, as far as his superior court charge for shooting the kid, um, things are moving much more slowly in the superior yeah. court. We've got the, the COVID backlog. There's not many trials that go at the same time. That trial would go down in uh, Washington County Superior Court, the felony. And they are trying cases. Um, oh. It's a little bit um, challenging to get a, to seat a jury. Um, in most of the courthouses, the mask mandates have been eliminated. And a lot of the sneeze guards, you know, all that plexiglass that was in front oh, of yeah. the, the, the jury box and the, where the clerk is and where the judge is and where the witness is, a lot of that in the courtrooms is being removed. So things are starting to look and feel like they did pre-COVID. But the backlog is ferocious. So who knows when this guy might be tried. But while he remains on bail awaiting trial on the felony, John, if he gets into any more criminal mischief of any sort, I would venture to say he would get held without bail um, mm. and not get an immediate release like he got this time. And Tim Dodd, if you could just touch on that, a lot of people don't understand that um, that's where people can really get in trouble and then be held you know, as a bail violator. They're out on bail, such as the the case is completely different, but you know, little Olivia that was killed New Year's that that uh, suspect he I, he's still being held, I believe, as a as a bail violator. Well, yes, when you are um, charged with a crime, if you're released with surety bail or on your own personal recognizance, you're amongst other things uh, promising the court that you'll keep the peace and be of good behavior. And if you fail to do so, if you get arrested. That's some indication um, that you have not kept the peace and been of good behavior. And the law calls for the judge uh, in his or her discretion to immediately hold the person when first presented on the new charge as a violator. You're shipped off to the intake service center and you'll get a hearing in the old days within about 10 days. But again, with COVID, et cetera, it could be considerably longer than that. And it's troubling for lots of folks when they hear about this because at the trial, on the merits of the allegations of the criminal charge, the prosecution has to prove the elements of the charge reasonable doubt. For a violation, the standard is much, much lower. The judge has to be reasonably satisfied, quote unquote, reasonably satisfied that the defendant didn't keep the peace and be of good behavior and the defendant is held before he even gets the violation, he or she gets the violation hearing. So that, that's, that's the promise that you're making. And if you get arrested, even if it's a wrongful arrest, even if you're not guilty, even if they got the, the cops got the wrong person, um, ordinarily, uh, unless you work out a deal at your arraignment, you're going to go to the intake service center for two or three or four weeks oh. minimum. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401 688 Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. 
We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, in Washington, uh, this is going on, the questioning of this prospective Supreme Court nominee. And uh, as someone that practices, I'm just I'm always curious to hear your thoughts on how you think the proceeding is going. They certainly seem to be really uh, zooming in, at least the Republicans anyway, on when she would kind of veer off um, this nominee, veer off into what the guidelines were and the sentencing, trying to go through her mind. It, it is it's so in-depth, which it should be, by the way, and it's all fair game. And, it, you know, I just think it's another reminder that judges on the bench um, at different times when they may make somewhat questionable calls, what have you, this is a case where situation, I should say, where then they have to stand up and, and kind of defend it a little bit. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this proceeding that's happening right now. Well, she's uh, being put through the meat grinder a little bit. She's not being challenged or accused or uh, they're not looking at her high school yearbook and things of that nature like they did with uh, Justice Kavanaugh or like they did to something of a lesser degree with uh, Justice uh, Coney Barrett. Um, this nominee is being asked certainly some pointed questions by, I guess, more of the Republicans on the committee, um, centering on her judicial philosophy and her treatment largely of um, individuals charged with child pornography charges. Her explanation for her departure to um, typically impose a lesser sentence than guidelines would call for doesn't make a lot of sense. She doesn't have to make a lot of sense. However, all she's going to do is say words and get through this because she's going to get confirmed because she has the votes. Um, I don't see any uh, of the Democrats who are on this committee, if you go through the roster of who's on the Judiciary Committee, uh, breaking ranks and voting against this nominee. Uh, typically, it's the, the um, Republicans who in this case are largely objecting or at least asking the hard questions who would break off and say, oh, she's suitable and vote for her. At least that's what have happened in the old days before um, the gloves have largely come off uh, specifically for any um, nominee made by a Republican pres president. Nominees put forward by Democrat presidents typically get an easier time before the Senate committee, they certainly get a much more favorable shake with the media. Um, so I think her answers make little sense why she um, goes for a lesser uh, sentencing. It's, it's somehow the theory, if I understand it, is it used to be a harsher sentence back in the 90s because that's what the congressional you know, statutes called for. And somehow because now all of this material is so readily available on the internet it's an easier crime to commit if you will so perhaps yeah. it's not as um egregious and I, I respectfully completely disagree with the judge on that i think that um whatever upward departure you can have in sentencing individuals who engage in this type of crime the book should be thrown at them, so to speak. But right. this this nominee comes from a background of progressive liberal ideology. She was a yep. public defender. Um, she's pretty well lined up on the issues with the Democrats in the Senate and on this committee. So she could say virtually anything, and she's going to get away with it, and she'll have the votes. She, she was also asked on Wednesday by uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, if um, the Senator asked um, the judge, can you define what it, what a woman is? Yes. And, and the, the judge said, I can't, I can't do that. And when pressed, she said, well, I can't because I'm not a biologist. Now, I'm sure that the judge was schooled in how to answer that question right. because it's one of those gotcha questions. I'm sure that any biologist, any doctor, any scientist could very simply define what a woman is. It's a, it's a, 
It's a blood test. It's a, it's what your genetic makeup is. And, um, you know, the left these days is, um, creating a lot of gray areas. If you, if I guess we can say in terms yes. of what it, what is a gender, are there more than two genders, male and oh. female? It's a very slippery slope. I think the judge was smart to this say, I can't answer that because had she answered the obvious answer, um, she would infuriate the left by answering truthfully. So she dodged it and gave, an answer that I'm sure she was coached to give. But again, it doesn't make any difference because she's going to get confirmed, John. It's, it's, it's a done deal unless something miraculous happens that they find some dirt on her from days gone by or if she stumbles on an important question or an important issue. It's also interesting, during her questioning, they asked her um, opinion on Roe v. Wade and, you know, We've talked about this somewhat before, and the judge said, well, you know, that's settled law. We consider, I consider that settled law. That's her yep. opinion. Now, when the left has a decision that they like, uh, President Obama used to say, oh, that's settled law. That's right. settled law. That's settled law. Well, things change. Mm-hmm. And without agreeing or disagreeing with Roe, you can look back historically. Um, we had the um, Brown versus Board of Education. Now, I say that that was the right decision, that you know, there's no reason that uh, minority uh, high school or grade school kids should be segregated. But before Brown versus the Board, the law of the land was Plessy versus Ferguson, which said separate but equal. So... I guess people could have said when Plessy was the law of the land, oh, well, this is settled law. Um, there's many cases historically where the Supreme Court has ruled and then completely changed its position to go way back in time. You could look at the Dred Scott decision, which said that a black, a free black man was only three-fifths of a white person. Now, we look at that today and say, that's a hideous decision. How could the Supreme Court have ever thought that way? But I guess at the time that that was the law of the land, uh, there would, be, would, would have been a segment of the population saying, hey, that's settled law. That's the law of the land. So Supreme Court decisions are not irreversible. They are not unmodifiable. And um, I think it's just too easy to say, well, that's settled law, because nothing is settled forever, and it's always subject to change. So not to get to the merits of Roe, but just to get to the easiness with which politicians and nominees like this say, oh, that's settled law. It never is. Nothing is ever completely settled. Up until a few years ago, gay marriage nationally was not legal. Now it is. So at what point was it settled law? Is it settled law only when you get the result that you want? (laughs) That's right. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, turning to the ward just for a moment, and I recognize it's somewhat, um, it's not an easy one, but what what is your first reaction on the U.S. government has now formally concluded uh, apparently, Russian forces have committed war crimes in Ukraine, according to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. I, I don't think we're going to see uh, Putin dragged into the into the Hague anytime soon. <laughs> I, I think it's it's a somewhat empty gesture. I yeah. think that war crimes are being committed, to the best sure. that I understand what a war crime is. And you know, I think that. Anthony Blinken announcing that he thinks there are war crimes and President Biden saying, I think there are war, we know that there are war crimes being committed. Um, I'm sure that's true. And I'm sure the Ukrainians are saying that's a very nice statement. Send us some more weapons and we need planes. Um, I don't really know what it does globally. um, But for the domestic audience here in our country, I I think it's a bit of an empty gesture for Putin and his allies to ever be brought to the Hague to stand trial like uh, Slobodan Milosevic was in the 90s 
or when they had the Nuremberg trials after World War II, you've got to have a losing side, and that losing side's leaders have to be taken into custody. I just don't see that happening, that somehow Putin is ever going to be whisked out of Russia, brought to The Hague, and made to stand trial. Right. Um, so, it, you know, I guess you know, Blinken can feel good, puff out his chest and say, we've determined this war crimes being committed. But, you know, it, it, this seems like on this whole, um, what the U.S. is doing, it's another example and I guess uh, President Biden learned it during the, the Obama administration. I think o President Obama used to say, well, we're leading from behind. And I, I think uh, Biden's doing a great job of that right now, leading from behind. You know, he looks weak. His statements are weak. This pronouncement of war crimes is weak. Um, yeah. I'd be curious what you're finding with people exiting Ukraine. Are they jumping up and down saying, look, they think there's war crimes or are they saying big deal? No, they're saying send in the planes. We need more equipment. Exactly. Country back. Exactly. Tim Dodd, before we take a break, any surprise that this uh, Putin critic was found guilty by a, a Russian court? We don't hear that much about the the Russian court system, but I, I don't think, um, for instance, someone like an officer Dolan would be out on bail. But we don't hear a lot about how it operates. Well, you know, we've we've heard the headlines that this guy Alexei Navalny, uh, he was had about a year and a half hanging over his head on old charges. He's been brought in on new charges that I believe he was embezzling money, allegedly. I don't know what the standard of proof is in Russia. I don't know what uh, the defense is able to do. I, I don't know the standard of proof that a judge has to consider. Um, based on what I've been able to learn, it seems like a bit of a kangaroo court. Uh, yeah. This guy was is was and is Putin's uh, chief antagonist. He ran against yeah. him for president. He almost died because he was poisoned under mysterious circumstances. And he just caught another eight years. And um, the judge determined that he should serve the eight years in a maximum security prison. Oh. Whatever, whatever that means in Russia, I, yeah. I shudder to think what... Oh. It means, I'm sure, it's a, just a tad different than the prison system in the U.S., just yeah. a tad. Um, so he's going away. He's being shut up. I mean, the only way I think he'd ever get out would be if there was some sort of a uh, regime change in Russia, um, you know, which who knows if it's in the cards. One, one member of his inner circle from the Kremlin has um, left the country, um, He's out, of, he's out of the Kremlin. He's out of the leadership in the Soviet Union. He's come out against Putin, and um, he escaped the country. Now, that's the first. Will there be others to follow? We don't right. know. It depends, I guess, how this whole um, debacle that uh, Putin's undertaken um, shakes out in Ukraine. But as a trial, um, certainly it's a result-oriented exercise. I don't think truth, which is why this country, John, has to fight hard and not lose sight of what we've got here in terms right. of our judicial system. It's yep. something to treasure that people can get a fair trial, that the rules apply, you hope, the same for everybody. Mm. And, you know, if you're charged with a crime, you've got an opportunity to prove your innocence or at least to be found not guilty. That's, that's not always available in countries around the world. Look at what happens in places like Myanmar and other, yeah. you know, East, you know, countries that have autocratic rules. We've, we've got to protect the liberties that we've got. Um, and this one is amongst the most important. We talk about free speech. We talk about the right to bear arms, but the right to a jury trial in a presumption of innocence uh, are integral things that we better look out that we don't lose. That American Otto who, uh, you know, ran a follow the law trying to steal a, a poster in North Korea. He found that the North Korean uh, justice system was not, didn't exactly mirror ours. And that was a, a sham trial as well. That was a, yeah, that was a tragic, terrible. tragic really situation. Was. Folks, quick break, a lot more. Turning Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show.
portion of the John DePietro Show brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You know, delicious food inside the Lodge Pub and Eatery, a tradition since 1994. Also, check out the beautiful new deck that they've added. Hey, they're going to have some nice seating out there, and also they'll do the igloos. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, Sarah Palin is back in the news, and uh, by all accounts, I, I think she got a at the short end of the stick on this and so i'm glad to see it seems like she is not giving up on her case yeah whether she should have won or lost the case is something we'll never really know um to prove her case against the new york times for um libel and for slander she has to prove the element of malice that when the editorial ran in the uh, New York times, they intentionally to harm her. Now the person who wrote the article, the editor, all the review all had questions about this. Is this something we should really run? Is this true? Is, is, are we going to get in trouble? This seems like uh, we're kind of way out on the edge on this one. They run it anyways. All the witnesses from the New York Times come in and say, you know, we should have been more careful in our fact checking. We should have been more careful in our proofreading. And it was all a big mistake. But no, 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 it wasn't malicious. It's a high standard of proof. It's hard to prove that a newspaper or any media outlet um, reports on something with malice. Now, the trial goes forward. If this trial judge thought that Sarah Palin's attorneys had not proved the elements of the case, which include malice, at the conclusion of plaintiff's presentation, the judge should have dismissed the case, and I'm sure the defendants made a motion to dismiss if the judge was so sure that malice had not been um, proven. But he didn't. So now the defense puts on their case. The judge then charges the jury and the jury deliberates after closing arguments. While the jury's deliberating, as your listeners will recall, the judge pronounced that he was going to dismiss the charges. We then find out that the jurors all learned of the judge's pronouncement that he was going to dismiss the case after the jury came back. They found out about it. (laughs) These news flashes show up on smartphones, Um, And the jurors acknowledged that they had learned of the judge's decision before they were done deliberating. That completely taints this jury deliberation, completely taints it. I think this judge did have a bias. We'll recall that the judge had dismissed this case about a year and a half ago. It went up on appeal. Um, the, the reviewing court sent it back down saying, no, judge, you shouldn't have dismissed this outright. Sarah Palin's entitled to a trial. Try the case. So I'm, the, I'm sure the judge was um, irritated that he, A, had to try the case, and B, had been scolded by the appellate court that he had gotten it wrong. Now, of the trial by doing what he did. Most judges would hold on making a decision to take the case. Let's assume the jury came back and said, we find for Sarah Palin, she should get money. The judge can still take the case away from the jury and take the verdict away because the judge sits as the 13th juror, as we say. If the jury had come back times, the judge would never have to have said anything about whether he thought malice had been proven. Because the jury would have done its job and the judge could have kept his mouth shut and the case would have been done. The judge created the best appellate issues for Sarah Palin. Um, I I think she is entitled to a new trial. Now, if a reviewing appellate court says, even if the judge hadn't screwed up and made his pronouncement, which was heard by the jury, if a reviewing court says... The judge made a mess of this, but essentially malice wasn't proven. If that's the conclusion, then Sarah Palin does not get a new trial. 
if the judge screwed up, but the screw up doesn't affect the outcome based upon the law and the facts that were adduced at trial, then she wouldn't get another bite at it. But I think she should. I think the judge was clearly biased. Um, and it, it's something that he did. And, you know, I'm in courtrooms every day and talk to lots of lawyers. None of us have ever heard or seen a judge do anything remotely like what this judge did. Tim Dodd, meanwhile, uh, Jessel Korea, this, this is pretty interesting that he, um, boy, I, I don't know what to make of uh, his favorable rulings and, and seems to be falling in his favor. And now even other people are starting to question why is it that he seemingly, um, for whatever reason, is getting the type of rulings that, that he's been getting from this judge. Well, yeah, it is very curious, especially, John, this was a federal trial, federal yeah. prosecutors, federal judge. Um, it's usually much more of a no-nonsense situation. And, um, you know, after a trial in federal court, there's typically, you know, after the verdict, the defendant, having been convicted, remains on the street, so to speak, to wrap up their affairs, you know, a month or two or three, and then you report and you are whisked away to a prison. He got one extension. I think he said he had to help out something with the family restaurant. Well, every defendant who's convicted has right. family issues to deal with, family problems, business problems, job problems. You know, this guy didn't work in the family restaurant. Yeah. He was flim-flamming people from the mayor's office. So I don't know what he had to do with the restaurant. He then gets a couple of more um, stays of his uh, obligation to report. There was a COVID issue because he was supposed to report and where he was going. There was lots of COVID. So he's dodged several bullets uh, in terms of reporting for prison. The federal prosecutors, I think, are furious that he keeps getting these breaks yeah. Um, he just got another one, but I think the, the judge has indicated well, this is your last um, grace period. Um, at the conclusion of this grace period, you are reporting and you are going away. Now, he's avoiding jail, but he's not avoiding the time that he ultimately has to do. He still has, I believe, a six-year sentence, so he'll do 85% of that, at least in the federal system. So he's avoiding it, but he's not getting, going to get out of the actual time that he's going to serve. I mean, right. I'd just assume get it over with if I were him. Yeah. Let's knock it out so I can get out while I'm still young versus putting it off and putting it off. But um, I think also the media coverage that this is now getting will make a judge much more reluctant to give him any more breaks if he asks for another one at the end of this grace period. Sure. It's very, un very unusual that it is, someone, especially because it was such a high profile, you know, yeah. cri crime of public corruption. Um, typically, those types of defendants don't get much sympathy from the courts and get that oh. many breaks. So it's, it's a curious situation. It has a lot of people wondering, who does this guy know? Does he have yeah. some in, in the court system? Is there some corruption going on? Um, that's a stretch to think that's going on, but you know, people are cynical these days. So it's reasonable that people are going to start to say what's going on here. This is not normal. Folks, we speak with our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd and Tim, it sounds like luck has finally run out for uh, Frank Cadillac Salemi in, um, in the, the future does not, does not burn bright for the, uh, the one-time mob boss. Yeah. Well, Cadillac Frank is now 88 years old. Yep. He's at a prison, I think, maybe in Missouri. It's a medical facility for, you know, uh, very elderly uh, inmates. Um, he had appealed his conviction. He was convicted in federal court in Boston um, for um, participating in the murder of Stevie DeSaro. Um, he went up on appeal um, to the First Circuit. His appeal was rejected. He went up to the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court on a writ of certiorari, which means that the court does not have to take the case as a matter of right. Uh, the court can take it in its discretion or reject the case, the appellate issue uh, on cert in its discretion. 
and most cases that go up on cert to the Supreme Court are rejected. And the court doesn't have to give reasons. It's typically a one-liner saying the petition for certiorari filed by Frank Salemi is denied. One line. That's it. So with one line, the Supreme Court finished off any rights or any chance that um, Salemi had to um, get a new trial or overturn his conviction. So presumably the man will... um, um, stay in prison until he meets his death at some point in time. He's not getting out. Yeah. Uh, That's another one. I mean, he is, he is 88 years old. I mean, if anything, you'd think maybe he'd cut a little slack and Korea would be the, the other way around, but that's just not the way it's going. And no, finally, and, 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 but Go by ahead. the way, with, with Salemi, I mean, with everyone who was getting out of, uh, Michael Cohen got out of jail yeah. because he was afraid he was going um, COVID. All these people are afraid of COVID. I'm sure Salemi must have tried the COVID yeah. plated at some point. Um, you know, an 88-year-old frail guy in prison, it seems to me if he gets COVID, um, that's much more of a um, life or death thing for him than sure. younger, younger, healthier inmates. But uh, it didn't work for him, apparently. And Tim Dodd, finally, the um, that famous now uh, June 2020 riot at Providence Place Mall, when not only was there a lot of damage and ransacking, but you had the Providence uh, police crews that were set on fire. And what are we to make of this new plea deal involving one of the uh, individuals involved with that? Well, this this guy is the guy that uh, his name is Nick Scaglione, yep. and he participated in the Providence riot. And um, one individual, another co-defendant, um, put gasoline or some accelerant in a police cruiser and I believe lit it. This defendant comes along, encouraging it, hooting and hollering about how you know good it is. It's like you know he's very excited that they've lit this police cruiser on fire, and he had he allegedly adds a further accelerant to yeah. make the car burn faster and bigger and brighter. He's on video. It's no mystery who he is. He's prosecuted, and he last year agreed to um, take a plea deal to plead guilty. Uh, the mandatory minimum for that type of crime is five years. That's 60 months in federal prison. Before he was um, actually sentenced, uh, the judge of the case, Judge McElroy, um, ordered a, a conference with the lawyers. She referred this guy um, to the federal, there's a federal um, deferred sentencing program to see if he would qualify. I gather that the man has some psychological problems, um, which would be part of his defense. Um, A new plea deal was struck, and instead of getting um, 60 months guaranteed, the recommendation, quote-unquote, recommendation from the federal prosecutors is now that the guy serves between 30 and 46 months in federal prison. So on the low end, that's half of what he would have got. And even if he got the 46 months, he's still saving at least, let's say, a year in prison. So there's no way he could get out of this on the facts. There's lots of video of him doing the crime. Um, I think he got something of a break here because there's arguably something with this man uh, mentally or psychologically which the court saw as a mitigating factor. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still going to go to federal prison. His attorney, yeah. Bill Dimitri, did a great job getting him this deal. It's, a, it's really a miraculous deal. This guy is going to shave about half the time off of what he would otherwise have served in prison if the first plea deal had, um, had stuck. So I think a decent piece of lawyering, and for this guy, from his perspective, a pretty good outcome. Uh, and he, you know, Judge McElroy used to be a public defender. I think she has, um, you know, a certain amount of sympathy for um, 
the defendants in some cases who appear before her. She's very thoughtful. She's certainly, um, I think, a more progressive-minded judge than, let's say, Judge Lisi might have been, because she was always seen as like the toughest judge in the federal system. Um, Every judge is different. They bring their own set of values. Judge McElroy stepped in on this case because she saw something about this defendant's background or mental health that required something further to be done. And if that's all true, then the judge did the right thing to step in and uh, see that this case received some more consideration so that the sentence that this guy was looking at would be appropriate to both the crime and whatever his pre-existing problems were. Folks, again, he is our uh, legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Well, well John, you can, you can suggest that I try to stay safe, but I would say right back <laughs> at you. I mean, God bless you. Yeah. You're, you're a brave man to go over there. You stay safe and uh, keep sending back some really excellent reporting, some uh, excellent uh, footage of what's going on. And it's nice to get your perspective versus the national media on what's happening. So keep up the good work and you be safe. Thank you, Tim Dodd. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, Take care. Bye-bye. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. have plenty of cold weather left. That's why you need to call Henry Oil today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, online at henryoil.com. A Rhode Island success story tradition since 1947. Remember, with Henry Oil, oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. You'll be treated fairly, promptly. They're so professional. They're just the best. Switch to Henry Oil today. Get your oil tank filled, 401 401- 5210200 and online at henryoil.com